0: This episode of Bad Associations briefly mentions sexual assault and may be upsetting to some. If you're needing help, please call the National Hotline for Sexual Assault at 800-656-HOPE. Take care. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today's interview is going to be with Hannah. Hannah. Thank you so much for joining me and telling me your story. It was so fun. Even though the topic was at parts very heavy, you're so easy to talk to. Thank you also for prompting me to do something that, let's be honest guys, I should have been doing since episode one, which is adding the links to the documents we talk about in the episode. I want to make this a consistent and ongoing thing. Going forward, if there is an article that we mention I'm going to do my best to find it on JW.org. Like I've said in the previous episodes, I left in 2013 and most of the time, the documents that you all are talking about are things that came out long after that, but doesn't mean I can't search it out and try to find it and link it in. I think the importance of doing that is also something we've talked about a lot in this episode is that there's a lot of contradictions in the Jehovah's Witness faith There's something so satisfying, even when it's about a dark subject, about finding the actual proof, finding the documents. I also would hate for there to be a situation where we misquote the Jehovah's Witness documents or are misremembering, even if it was not intentional or malicious. I want to make sure that those that are listening that may not have been there when these events happened, may not have held those documents in their hand, know we're not embellishing. The Jehovah's Witness Library is public to insiders and outsiders. For those of you that have not already seen the signs, it's JW.org. For the document that I found that Hannah brings up in this episode, it was actually super easy to find. She then found the other documents, so I linked all of them below in the show notes. You don't have to click on the links in order to follow along in our conversation, but I just want to leave them there as a CYA, if you will. So, anyways, let's hear from Hannah. Can you tell me about the first time that you remember questioning the Jehovah's Witness faith?
1: I think I was six or seven years old. Uh, It was when I noticed that I was different than the other kids um, and didn't really understand why I was so different. And... Yeah, so I was six or seven, and I was different, and I didn't know why, and realizing that, like, my friends at school were in a totally different world, (laughs) basically, (laughs) and, like, leading a completely different kind of life,
2: Um,
1: and then I think it was when I was maybe... 11 or 12 that I really started questioning the teachings not just the lifestyle um so that was about the time that I realized I wasn't straight um and trying to reconcile that with how I was feeling was a struggle um and then of course you know I felt like I was the one who was wrong, and it was me who was making things difficult. Um,
2: Yeah.
0: And then I... Did you have anyone in school that also was not straight, or maybe they were closeted, maybe they were out, that you could talk to and, like, compare your experiences at home? Yeah, like, all my friends. Mm. so you would so then it's like really a big spotlight of the fact that like wow they're having a completely different experience than me
1: yeah and like they you know their parents weren't terribly supportive either but it wasn't a sin you know it wasn't a life-ending thing Mm -hmm. um yeah do you have siblings I do. I have uh, an older brother. He's my stepbrother, or my half brother. Uh, He's nine years older than me.
0: Could you talk to him at all? No,
1: no. (laughs) Because he, like I said, he was nine years older than me and he was, he got married um, pretty young. I think he was 22. Uh, So I would have been, yeah, 13. Um, So he was out of the house by the time I was like real deep into it of questioning things and starting to accept who I was but also hate it at the same time
0: that's great that you accepted it at all because you're surrounded by people that are I don't even want I don't know what's like the furthest word opposite of supportive like whatever that word is that's where it is because there's not even like a compromise where they can say well nothing
1: radically (laughs) okay
0: yes very very much so that's great that you even could accept it do you think that that was just like because you did have other friends that were gay
1: um I think so I the whole teaching that like being gay was a sin never sat right like it never settled into my beliefs um and I don't know if that was because I knew what I was or if it just didn't seem right that God loved everyone, but not everyone. Yeah. And as I got older, I really tr- I tried so hard to believe it and like tried to reconcile that, you know, we can love the person and hate the sin kind of foolishness. And, <laughs> but yeah, it just, it never that was that was the one that I think that was the first one that was like, this seems wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I don't remember what age I was, but there was a kid in school that had same-sex parents, which now is very common, but I feel like whatever, whenever this happened, so it must have been quite some time ago, it was very much not common, and I was not allowed to, like, chat with or play, like, you know, recess or anything like that with that kid, and it was really emphasized in me, and it was based on because that kid came from a same-sex household, and I remember thinking the same thing of, like, what do I care and maybe and granted I was little so it wasn't like I was because it was like you know I'm an ally or I'm supportive it was just because I just thought this was dumb and Mm -hmm. not important at all you know but especially as you get older and you realize like yeah the whole hate this end blah 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 it's just dumb Mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense when did you when did you start maybe like actively behaving differently whether that was like a double life or researching things on your own
1: uh middle school so probably what would that be 13 14
0: so it's um, all around I the same time
1: had, yeah I had a girlfriend at school mm-hmm. um but we couldn't hang out outside of school of course so it's all very like holding hands at lunch kind of a thing um and there was a couple years I'm gonna say 13 to 15 where i was actively like trying to live authentically trying to live outside of everything having a double life um, and then once i was 15 15 and a half a um, a ministerial servant started dating me my parents had found out a couple about a couple of the people i was dating at school and it had been this huge fiasco. and it had just been this like, huge thing, right? And I remember one, uh, I was dating a boy in eighth grade, and my mom invited him to the house and gave him the What Does the Bible Really Teach book. Oh, my
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> I do oh let the floor open and swallow me in like yeah so many things I'd rather do than be there right now (laughs) Uh
1: uh-huh yeah it was as awful and awkward as you can possibly
0: imagine it's not (laughs) that sounds brutal (laughs) it was so awkward
2: what did you say I
1: I don't even remember he was just sitting there like speechless because he didn't know what to expect like I hadn't told him that like yeah my parents are real religious like real religious um and he definitely wasn't expecting that I remember my dad left the house because like he didn't want to be any part of it
0: rightfully so yeah this is not what this kid signed up for at all yeah uh so he broke up with me after that
1: um that's fair yeah yeah and I was kind of at a point where I was like,
2: because I'm still under 18,
1: I'm, I can't really go anywhere. I'm going to have to stay with my parents. Um, and like, I might as well make the best of it. And that was right around the same time as when I was really trying to believe. Mm-hmm. Like I had started really trying and like pushing myself to study and read all of the literature and believe, like actually believe. And so I started dating this ministerial servant who uh, we had met on a, it was a, we were doing maintenance work at the assembly hall. Uh, my dad was really involved in the regional building committee and we met him through that and he was 20 at the time um, and later he's like I just I never thought to ask how old we were
0: um red flag yeah.
1: yeah oh yeah no there was a lot Um, but like he was a ministerial servant so he was doing everything right and like seemed like my best option at the right. time it was, like there wasn't really anybody else my age and the people who were close like weren't really doing anything with the truth and like my dad was an elder at this point and it was like well if I'm gonna date somebody and get married like I gotta pick a good one mm. and my parents liked him and we're all in on it um yeah I still wasn't baptized though
0: what's insanely young to even um that we even had to be thinking about marriage
1: uh uh-huh. Well, there was no other option.
0: Yeah. You know?
1: Like, all your friends in high school are dating already and having fun and, like, you want to do that and you can.
0: But you, so can't, date you, right. can't, so you can't date for fun. Right. It's not for the purpose of marriage.
1: A view to marriage, yeah.
0: Yeah. Ugh, it was so awful.
1: I wish somebody had told me that I could date someone and not marry them.
0: Oh, uh, like, yeah.
1: It. It really felt like once you started dating someone, you had to marry that person.
0: Yeah.
1: Like um, There's there's this rumor going around of, so there, there was a bunch of people that was my brother's age. So they were about eight to 10 years older than me. And they were all dating and getting married around the same time, right? And there was this one brother who had was dating and had gotten engaged to somebody like in a different state. Mm-hmm. The rumor was they had gotten reproved because they've gotten engaged and broke it off. Really? I'm pretty sure they just had sex.
0: Like, yes, let's be honest. <laughs> right. Like, <what's, laughs> That's But yeah. because they were reproved and not disfellowshipped, it was probably better, you know, for the congregation to just be like, it's because they were you know serial dating instead of committing
1: yeah which terrified me so so it
0: worked is what you're saying (laughs) whatever their goal was it worked on you and probably plenty of other people
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um so yeah once i started dating uh that guy we dated off and on for like five years and then finally got married once they turned 18 three years we dated three years off and on now and then got married when i was 18 yeah
0: so you started dating when you were 15? 15 and a half, yep. And this guy would have been like 17, 18?
1: No, he was 20.
0: He's five he years was, old. He was 20 when you were... Oh my God, I thought you were saying he was 20 when you were 18. Nope. Oh my nope. God. Was, yeah. And nobody thought...
1: Nope. Because like, I mean, what does it matter, right? We can't have sex before we get married. So it's not like there's going to be you know statutory rape involved. And he's a ministerial servant so he looks great on paper you know
2: what a stretch
1: pioneered and doing everything
0: right so no um, I shouldn't I say this every episode I should not be surprised anymore but I mean your parents didn't think this is a little
1: no they were all in they thought it was great they didn't think I would honestly I don't think they thought I'd be able to catch someone better
0: okay like, okay fuck you but okay <laughs> right
1: like I was I was the problem child right um, and
0: so pass it was, the burden to someone else maybe he can save her and get her all right, right.
1: yeah okay. and like I I didn't get baptized until I was older um I didn't get baptized until I was like 17. Um,
0: I was going to add that I this could be you know a rule that I made up in my mind um growing up but I always thought that you could not date like let, for him he would not have been able to date someone that was not baptized
2: oh it God. was a problem
0: and he okay so the it's ignore the the age gap ignore that uh-huh. you're not baptized just like get right. this married yep. um so
1: the surgery at the time had counseled him about dating mm. not because of how old i was of course not
0: baptized yes right the priority here (laughs) and
1: so the that's why I said off and on because he started going to Bethel while we were um, dating So he would go to Bethel for like three months at a time or you know he spent six months in South Africa or he was working at Bethel down there (laughs) and so like we weren't together all the time but we were dating and like We talked a lot on the phone all the time. Uh, And like when he was home, we were together all the time. His parents don't like me either because I still wasn't that close.
0: Not the age. Okay, so so you get married. And at this point, are you still actively trying to force yourself to drink the kool-aid or are you at this point you're like this is just what i have to do and you're like riding your time
1: very much still
0: trying to do it
1: and i got married at 18 i think i spent a year maybe six months like just trying to be a housewife Uh, like i was 18 i didn't know what i was doing no um and then my husband didn't like that i didn't have a job and like i wasn't doing anything
0: well Most 18-year-olds don't have, like, some serious career. Right,
1: yeah. Uh, So I started working for my dad a couple days a week, and then I started auxiliary pioneering. And then that was okay. Um, And then I think a a year in, I started regular pioneering. And I did that for two or three years, regular pioneered. Did the whole thing, went to pioneer school
0: um how does that uh not to interrupt but just out of curiosity how does that work with him being like a part-time Bethelite and then getting married
1: So then he stopped going to Bethel oh and it was part of the I was trying to I was chugging that Kool-Aid uh (laughs) was because he he really wanted to go back as a couple
2: I see
0: okay and I was like
1: Yeah, I can do that. I could not do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hindsight, no. no. Yeah, successfully do that.
1: No, Um, but we did over the course of our marriage. He did go out for like a couple weeks at a time. Go out for two weeks here and there.
2: Too bad.
1: Yeah, yep. Uh That was when it was when Warwick was just starting.
0: Okay,
1: Um, and then. He and I went out together for a week to work at Warwick.
0: Hmm. I don't think I was aware that there was such a thing as, like, the part-time. I always thought that they just went out there and they lived
1: there, period. It's just when there's construction, is my understanding. So, like, when they're building stuff, right, they'll bring in people who have experience with the trades, Oh, um, like my husband was an electrician, right. And we had worked with RBC for, you know, a number of years and he had been to Bethel before. And so they were cool with bringing us both out. Um, but yeah, there was, I mean, honestly, Warwick was built mostly by 10 volunteers.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: It, it was people coming in for like, Two weeks, a month at a time, maybe three months. And it was it was chaos while we were there. Uh, but yeah, all the construction projects are just 10.
0: Yeah, because why pay, like, you know, a construction company when you can just get free services through, you know, the worldwide organization?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you don't get any of the benefits of being a Bethlehem. So even as- if you're. Like, even if you're there for three months, you don't get a monthly stipend. Oh. You don't get, like, I and mean, there's honestly not a ton of perks of being a Bethelite.
0: <laughs> Just a check would be nice. <laughs> yeah. And the check was comically low, too.
1: I, As far as I know, it still is, like, 120 150 a month, maybe.
2: save uh, I,
0: it, I don't
1: need it. <laughs> yeah. It really covered
0: gas to go to the meetings and stuff because Uh, there you you certainly can't miss a meeting while doing right yep yeah so you were working you were uh, not working you were you were actively trying to convince yourself that way you could go to Bethel together and like Mm -hmm. live this story that other people have painted for you
1: yeah and it was I was very much under the impression that like If you both believed in God, your marriage would be okay. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what they taught us. And when it started not being so great, I felt like it was, you know, my fault or our fault because we weren't doing enough. And like even though on paper it looked like we were, like I said, he was an serial servant, I was pioneering, we had moved to a congregation helping where the need was greater um where they didn't have it was like they didn't have as many ministerial servants in the congregation um but like we were doing everything and it still wasn't working Mm -hmm. and so i really yeah i blamed myself and tried to believe more which is not
2: it's not as easy as that Yeah, it wasn't i
0: think think religions in general religious people in general that are really like die hard, devout, um, they tend to do that blanket thing of like, pray about it, leave it in God's hands or whatever. And that's going to fix something that, you know, like a marriage that should have never existed in the first place or cancer or infertility. And it's like some things just has nothing to do with a relationship or lack thereof with God or praying or being a Bethelite. Some Something's just, you probably shouldn't have been dating, let alone married. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's really the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no other reason. That's it. Yep. And also
1: like where where I grew up, the dating pool was so small.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. So I had like, so much pressure.
1: Yeah. And the concept of like waiting for someone who actually fits or like who I actually liked, like really wanted to be married to wasn't a thing.
2: Yeah.
0: That's so true. There's the idea that within your congregation or within your district, this guy or th- whatever, this person will be attractive to you, will have the same goals long-term, the same humor, whatever,
1: uh-huh.
0: is miraculously, like, within a certain mileage from you. Like, what are the uh-huh. odds of that? If that does happen, that's, you're super lucky. But it, I think we all had an unspoken understanding that, like... It's not the odds are not probable. So if you get someone like you kind of like your parents' mentality, like if you get someone that even wants to be bothered with you, yoke them up because you're Mm -hmm. not gonna find another opportunity.
1: Yeah. And like the so my my brothers kind of generation, there was like there's like 10 or 15 different people kind of within two congregations that just kind of like dated each other all the time. Um, They kind of paired off around 16 and then all got married and I watched them all get married and I watched them all hate each other and like just struggle and look like they didn't want to sit next to each other.
2: Mm -hmm. And
1: But they all stayed in the same congregations. And so they were all so close to their friends. And so they'd all hang out together and it just looked miserable. But I assume that's because they weren't doing enough. It's because
0: they didn't believe it. Ah, yeah. It's very easy to chalk it up to that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it also probably made you feel better. Like, well, we're not the only ones that are not doing the best right now.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: not just us. There's also issues in mm-hmm. these other, you know, the relationships that they typically put on a pedestal. Because it's like goals, relationship goals. Mm-hmm. Really, it's yeah. like, they're be a fly on the wall in their household. It's probably horrible. Yeah, yeah. They don't like each other.
1: Mm-hmm and that was like so my parents were raised uh in it as well mm-hmm. and i mean they have they're still married they're still in it they've been married for 28 29 years they don't like each other
2: like <laughs> <laughs> well, let's they, be honest
1: <laughs> yeah they tolerate each other and i think if they weren't in the truth still i don't think they'd be married
0: yeah, they're stuck. Yeah. Because the alternative of getting a divorce is not worth it mm-hmm. to them. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah.
0: Because the world is a very big place. And if you didn't have to narrow down your options by being in a cis heterosexual relationship or being within the same district or being within the same cult being within the same country like if you had the options to just like limitless travel pick whoever and just find the person that's actually meant to be you wouldn't be miserable yeah but they have to narrow For it down sure. so much that it's like no it's
2: mm-hmm. like gambling
0: like the odds of that is just so low that you're actually gonna yeah. find like your the love of your life this perfect fit right no chance yeah
1: and uh yeah so uh i did i got divorced before i was this fellowship so i was divorced in when it was finalized but i had is there a process
0: for that like do you have to not in your own opinion but in the the cult is there like do you have to go and talk to the elders and ask for permission like how does that work
1: i think Um, so what had happened was we had been married about four years and I was over it. Um, he, you know that really awful, like, saying of how, like, oh, you settle and, like, get fat after you get married? (laughs) Settled into being, like, just an asshole. Uh... (laughs) He really just
0: settled being a dick all the time. And probably was the whole time.
1: Yeah, right, but he was, you know...
0: The facade wore off, and now mm-hmm. he was like, I can be my true asshole self.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: we're married, we're done, I've
1: done the work. Ugh. Um. So yeah, it got, it got bad, and I was looking for a way out, but I didn't feel like there was a way that I could leave and still stay in the truth, and I was horribly depressed at that time and unmedicated still and it just kept getting worse. And then I I finally got meds and I want to say around that time was when I started talking to people online and kind of started meeting other people and seeing how weird some of the things were <laughs> um and it finally took um it finally took my ex raping me before my parents let me move out and stay with them
2: shouldn't have had to do
1: so, that but so so basically like i was talking to my parents and i was like this sucks i'm not in a good place this relationship is bad I'm actively getting worse but that wasn't a reason to leave you know
0: were you still pioneering I was not at that point
1: Mm. um because of the horrible depression (laughs) I just couldn't do it and yeah like I was talking to people, I was talking to my parents. I, there was an older sister in the congregation that I was really close with and I was talking to her and everybody was like, that sucks, but it's not a reason to leave. And, and then I was like, well, then I had a reason. And it took, it took about a month after it happened before I was finally like coherent enough to, find, to call my dad and be like, hey, I need to get out. This is serious, and you need to believe me, and I'm gonna live in your basement for a couple months. And so I did that, I moved back in with my parents, I started going to their congregation. And I, I think it was three months before I filed for divorce. But I had to, I talked to the elders about it. My ex immediately ran to the elders and was like, she left me. She's crazy. She's saying all these things. Ugh.
0: <laughs> Not surprised.
1: Yeah. And so I ended up going back to the elders and explaining what happened. Um, and that was awful.
0: Mm-hmm. So bad. Because I feel like every, both my experience um, and other people I've spoken to, when you're talking to the elders specifically whether it's about sexual assault or it's about just sex in general that you've quote unquote send it's never like you can just walk in and say like i was raped the end you know anyone else if you said i was raped nobody would dare to ask you the the fine details of every moment of something whether it's traumatic or willingly like even if you willingly ha- and are happy that you had sex with someone nobody would ever be like well tell me exactly where their hands went where their penis or vagina was no no one and
2: did you maybe, say no? was, yeah oh gotta
0: funny. love that but they're required they're required to ask the elders are required to ask about that I it's like if you are of a doctor or you're a lawyer or you're a cop sure but you're just an elder in a congregation that nobody gives a fuck about yeah like you know yeah. the, the arrogance the entitlement that, to think that they're in, entitled to having those details
2: mm-hmm. when
0: we all know they next to never report it anyway so it's oh, like you're yeah. taking all these notes for what to put it in a filing cabinet in the library at the kingdom hall Yeah. You're not going to do anything with it. So, why are you asking all those questions? So, I can only imagine what your conversation was like because now it's a he said, she said thing, too. Mm -hmm. Because there wasn't another witness because there never is. There never is.
1: (laughs) How is there supposed to be another witness?
0: Especially between husband and wife. Like, you know, unless you are so unfortunate that like your children witness an assault, how would you ever have another witness? Right.
1: And fun fact there is no information about marital rape. Really? Nothing. There is no articles. There's no mention of it in anywhere from the organization.
0: Unsurprising because we're in we're living in we're living in a world where people are barely accepting that rape can happen between a spouse. So yeah. I it's not all that surprising that Jehovah's Witnesses don't have any documentation about it either.
1: Yeah, and like historically they've been real you know
0: slow to understand
1: so yeah there's no information and like the elders they don't know how to handle it they're not they're trained quote-unquote trained they're not trained in how to handle anything actually difficult and yeah they were just they were really awful about it and really intrusive and very judgmental and I don't know what I expected
2: yeah,
0: their assumptions were long made. They, they already had their mind made up on things, I'm sure, the moment mm-hmm. they spoke to your husband.
1: Oh, yeah. And, like, obviously, like, he's, you know, again, he looks great on paper. Why would he lie? Why would he make me look crazy? You know? Right. Okay, so I was still staying with my parents, and I filed for divorce and to talk to the elders. Uh, they obviously talked to the elders at the congregation I was at with my parents because obviously everybody has to know everything. (laughs) And I stayed there until it was until the divorce was finalized. And throughout that whole time, I was just trying to figure out how to function as a human. Again, um, and trying to function as like now a divorced woman in the congregation mm-hmm. and like people were not kind about it you know
0: because again they've made assumptions without knowing any sort of details and right. the gossip meal is spinning like normal
1: right and because neither of us were reproved clearly it wasn't scriptural Mm. And yeah so like they don't say what happened you know but you know if someone gets reproved and they get divorced you, you know what happened yeah or like if they get disfellowshipped and they get divorced you know what happened yeah um but nobody was reproved and we were both still going to meetings and everybody was like what is going on Yeah, it was like I was trying to make friends in the congregation I was in, and I was i was still trying to do it, but I was also, I was so tired at that point, point. and I was really disappointed and angry about how it was handled, and so I just was losing motivation Mm -hmm. to keep going like why why keep going to a congregation where these people either treat me like I'm disfellowshipped Mm -hmm. because clearly something happened and like clearly I left my husband for an unscriptural reason and so that's not cool Either they just didn't talk to me or it was, it's just, I don't know. I don't think they knew what to do with me.
0: Yeah.
1: And so they, they didn't treat me like I was part of the congregation Yeah, you know, they didn't treat me like I was, yeah. And like the elders in that congregation, either they didn't get it and they didn't, they weren't helpful. so I just that was pretty much when I started drifting away Uh, and then I moved out and I got an apartment on my own and then it was a lot easier to yeah I'm going to the congregation by my apartment or
2: you know oh yeah I'm
1: going to grandma's meeting or telling the congregation I was supposed to be in that I was at my parents hall you know yeah that kind of shell game um So it was after I was living on my own um, that, I don't know where to start with this, I haven't talked about these people yet, but so basically I had a friend who ended up being dragged in the elders room for something else in the judicial committee and then they asked him like at the end like hey is there anything else you want to share? He was like oh yeah by the way Hannah and I slept together. Mm -hmm. right and it was it was in that little window of time between when my ex assaulted me and when I finally moved out and so it's just this weird month of I wasn't eating I wasn't sleeping I just wanted someone to believe me and I just wanted someone to love me and he was there
0: Gotcha. Was and that he- a genuine belief though? What do you Did mean? He, was he actually supportive?
1: Yes, I do I believe that he believed me
2: okay. And
1: I He Cared about me And we liked each other, but like it wasn't We were friends hmm. And it was It was stupid And then it was a one time thing and we never talked about it again
0: so he only told the elders as more of like a, well I'm already in here, might as well start with my slate clean by just saying everything I did. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately that involves throwing you under the bus, but it wasn't like malicious him like trying right. to get you in trouble.
1: No, because he it. was he was also like so he was almost like kind of physically out, but mentally in. He wasn't disfellowshipped but he was kind of like struggling with it and just kind of on the
0: fringes interesting
1: but he really believed it was weird it's
0: a I mean. very unique thing yeah never heard that before mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm yeah. not even on reddit
2: that's
1: yeah crazy. i know right? he actually he got disfellowshipped um before i did and we were still talking and he really was like i need to get back in this is I have messed up. I'm the one who was at fault. I. This is the truth. I need to get back in.
0: So he's been thoroughly gaslit to the point where he yeah. truly... Oh, yeah. that's unfortunate.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyways, so I got pulled into the elderly room for that. Right, right. of course. And this was... so they reproved me for that and again were super invasive and weird about it and (laughs) yeah just it was awful every time I've had to talk to the elders it was awful yeah Uh, so I was reproved, and I was again this is kind of at the point where I was fading away and I was trying to distance myself further and I won't lie I went into that elders meeting kind of hoping I would get this fellowship
0: just to be done with it broke the band off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and I was I was disappointed when I wasn't that's funny but also I wasn't at a point where I felt like I could talk to them and say you know I would like to leave gotcha to be done that took another 10 months, a year. Longer. It was longer than that. Because I wasn't disfellowshipped until January 2020. Mm. And I was, by then, I was fully out, and I was fully living my own life, and not going to meetings.
2: Okay.
1: Um, it wasn't until my boyfriend at the time moved in with me and I was like I can't hide a whole person from my mom
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah right (laughs) uh
1: yeah so it was just one of the things that I've had to spend the most time on and I'm clearly still working on it is the timeline because Everything that was happening was so traumatic and I had it felt like I had no support and it felt like I was just trying to get to the next day yeah and so like my grasp of time and like when these things happened was rough and like this is as much as I've been able to get it concise obviously it's still rough and I don't think I realized how traumatic everything was um until so I started I started seeing a therapist right before COVID 2020 and so I was sitting at home alone
0: yeah great use of the time all day right and I just got to sit there and think it was so great
1: it was not it was awful. <laughs> You know i was able to spend that time and go back and just realize how traumatic everything was and how deep those beliefs went and how much i was still blaming myself for how things happened. yeah and yeah and like i said i had already been fading away and like i knew it wasn't the truth and i knew There was problems with the organization, beliefs, but it just, those, that brainwashing of that, like, bone-deep indoctrination of you're not enough and you needed to do more. Always more. Yeah. Was so hard to work through.
2: Yeah.
0: Because even if you're out of the the cult, finally, it then just that changes something else so whether it's like a new relationship a new hobby a new career if you go into school it just changes into the next thing where like you have to put your all in on whatever this new thing is it's like just filling a hole and it's a super unhealthy way to do anything Mm
2: -hmm. even
0: if you mean well it could be a great it could be something like oh working out but if you go that hard even on working out that's unhealthy and it's but it's all we know so
2: right like we weren't told
1: to (laughs) balance (laughs) we were told to live in moderation right but not
2: (laughs) not the gold (laughs) yeah
1: that's not no yeah yeah so the idea of like not having to be all in on something
2: yeah I didn't get that Mm -hmm. at first you know
0: or just being your own person having your own living your life in your own way unheard of i I felt like i had no moral compass because
1: because that's what they taught us of like people in the world don't have a moral compass you know and when you leave or when you're disfellowshipped you lose that relationship with god and so now you don't have anyone guiding you
0: yeah you have no conscience
1: I was like, just, oh my God, I don't even know what I was doing. <laughs> I was just trying to figure out. Figuring it out. Yeah. And having to figure out like the most basic things. <sighs> I know I've talked to other people who are disfellowship and who have been out for a while, and like the idea of. One, having to reconcile with the way you were raised or like the way you've spent your last however many years you've been in and trying to figure out how to relate to people without the context of having the same beliefs, Mm -hmm. being in the same Mm -hmm. cult and trying to figure out, yeah, just how to relate to people and how to not let those beliefs and the like judgmental yes. everything that we were taught to judge other people for while yeah. still loving them but to judge them for <laughs> and like yeah it feels like the floor opens up it feels like the rug is pulled out like everything is everything is a lie <laughs> what's real yeah it's it's a really rough transition
0: it is for to use a phrase like the agree to disagree thing was such a brand new concept that i you know when i first left and i made new friends the idea like oh we can remain friends even though we disagree on certain things, like obviously there's certain like concrete things where you're like, I can't be friends with you if like you're racist, like, Mm -hmm. sorry. You know, like I can't be friends with you if you're homophobic, sorry. But other things like, you know, things where there's more of like a gray area and you know, you don't have to like completely drop that person off just because they don't agree with the exact way of life, way of is, that was new that was kind of crazy cuz in the cult it's like no everyone has the exact same goals the exact same way that they're raising their children for the most part they have the exact same marriage they have the exact same even things like interests in hobbies or movies they this this person can't be into like witchcraft and magic and murder and then this side is like into like Disney. No, no, everybody needs to be like because even certain Disney movies,
2: like right? No, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I
0: still have. I, every time I tell people, I'm like, no, I never, I never saw Pocahontas. It's still on the list. There was magic in it. And uh-huh. like, what do you mean? Like I've just uh-huh. watched the Little Mermaid the other day. I mean, if there's, <laughs> if there's magic, curses, witches. Uh-huh. Sorry, I didn't see it. Um, but things like that. It's like personalities and styles, are like you know, your hair is amazing. No chance a pioneer would have teal hair. No yeah. way. Not nope. a fucking chance. Like or like when I see um my husband's brother, he has like they were, were never Joe's witnesses, but he has like the mustache that like curls on the end. Oh yeah. And I think it's so cool. And even when I saw that I thought nobody I ever grew up with would have been allowed to have a cool mustache like that. Yeah, cuz that was too showy. You yeah. were bringing, like, Oh no, no, no. Or even yeah. weddings. Weddings were so fucking boring. Oh my god. Okay. So, I still
1: have not been to like a worldly wedding.
0: Oh, you know. And out. I'm
1: terrified.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like what happens at those places? It's so I- fun.
1: I Okay. So I realized the other day I was talking to my boyfriend about it and I was like, "Oh, is this a normal thing for other people?" <laughs> so, so where I grew up, I don't know if this is a thing everywhere either, if like it was just a regional like right keep it. So, yeah. we had a master of the beast, like a master of ceremonies. Okay. No. <laughs> Okay, cool. So this is, like, even more niche, right? Uh, So, like, it was fairly common around where I grew up, which is, like, the Midwest, right? Mm -hmm. And to have someone who's basically, like, the designated person to keep the reception under control.
0: How would it have gotten out of control?
1: So, like... (laughs) If someone drinks too much. Okay. Or if, like, I don't even know. I don't know. But what, the, what were what they worried
0: happened. was going to happen?
1: I don't know. Like, because it was a party.
0: Oh, my God. Get a grape. And
1: there was drinking and dancing. Oh, my God. And so even that had to be watched.
0: Controlled. Controlled. Yeah. No, yeah. I think people have them. Like, I know people that have had, like, like a wedding planner for example and after reception they make sure like your drunk uncle doesn't say some fucked up shit at the table like yeah yeah, like that's a normal thing but it's not like everyone you know has that some people do some people don't Mm -hmm. like that's very weird and I I think another difference maybe why my region did not have that and yours did I didn't go from my memory I've never been to a Joe's wedding that served alcohol okay so that's why my mentality was like what do you even need that for there's no alcohol served you're not playing any rap music or any re- you know music that has curse words in it there, there's no music where you would end up twerking like there's huh? nothing it's all very classical nice mellow, uh-huh. or funny music it's not so it's like what do, would you even need that for
1: alright so I'm from Wisconsin right
0: mm-hmm. um
1: everybody drinks here it's um... Okay. Even like alcoholism in the witnesses around here is
0: rampant. Is it true alcoholism? Or is it just yes. people drinking more than they would like us to? It's that one. Okay.
1: Uh, but like even the elders. Mm. Every everybody. So like it was almost weird to not have alcohol at weddings.
0: Gotcha. Right? Because Jesus
1: had alcohol. That's what I've he been got, saying. But wine. he made wine. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um,
1: yeah. So something else that's I know is weird and I know it's just a little <laughs> thing. But the congregation I was in, uh the last congregation I was in <laughs> was So I had, I'd known people in the congregation. I wasn't in it, but I knew people there. And then like before I finally started going there and they had Thursday night meetings. So it was like, it was two congregations in one building, right? Oh yeah. I've
0: seen those. Yeah.
1: So I was, I was in the congregation that had Tuesday night meetings. They were Thursday night meetings. Right. And because they had Thursday night meetings, it meant that they had a meeting on Thanksgiving. Uh, Obviously, we don't do anything for Thanksgiving. Supposedly. Right. But my grandma made a turkey every year and she always said it, it was on sale.
0: <laughs> Same. Yes. Me and my sister laughed about that every Thanksgiving. We're like, oh, yeah, remember? And we still had like the harvest theme and everything. It was like, <laughs> Thanksgiving. stop. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So Thursday night meeting and then because pretty much everyone had off the next day, one of the elders would have a a little get together at his house. It was in his basement. He had a full bar down there and him and one of the other elders would bartend the entire night. And it was just everybody drinking. That was the whole point. And like because we weren't going into work, it was fantastic. I loved it but she wasn't no, doing it no no, no no but because it was like everybody was doing it and everybody was there it was so wow. weird
0: I mean we even got spoke not directly me or specifically my family or anything but just like a general art area because we grew, um I'm from the Finger Lakes region of upstate New York which is wine country of New York and so lots of winos but even being spoken to about wine tasting and getting hammered for wine tasting yeah or the super bowl lots of brothers would host super bowl parties and it being like ease up on the wine and beer that you guys serve at these um super bowl parties but no i mean the worst wedding i ever went to naturally was a Jehovah's witness wedding but worldly weddings are fantastic because there's typically there's a variety of music you know you're not stuck within a very limited option there's you know great food you know there's alcohol um, and then there's also just like something that I am sure you can attest to it's like there's something so wonderful that, about being surrounded by people from so many different walks of life and like cultures and beliefs and personalities and interests and you get to meet like the these other people that created these two people that are getting married that you know that you're there to support and it's so wonderful to like meet all those people but a Jehovah's Witness wedding you kind of it can be complete stranger and you're like I already know everything about you I need to know every
1: everybody is the same
0: everyone's the same so it's very fucking boring and there's nothing exciting happening and basically everyone there is like these virgins are gonna go home and fuck
1: right yeah
0: that's because we all know your versions or we, mm-hmm. or we know one of you is not, if we know the got to scholarship or something like that. And then we all know that you're going to go home right now and talk. You guys have dated for X amount of time and you might not even have even made out before. Yeah. Uh, oh my God.
1: That whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just uh, a whole thing in and of itself of not just zero teaching. none don't do it don't do it don't do it it. okay go do it yeah like just nothing my mom talked to me about birth control after i was engaged and that was the first time we'd ever talked about birth control
0: which had you ever even talked about sex no she skipped right over the sex topic and right right to birth control
1: yeah uh yeah no they kind of left that up to school
0: i got taken out of health class oh really yeah so where would I, I mean i'm fortunate that i snuck around and watched porn but i would have yeah. never known what it even was
1: uh-huh i i really think my parents just didn't want to talk about it
0: nobody so wants just, to talk about it
1: yeah <laughs> right
0: but kind of your job as a parent yeah Uh
2: huh.
1: yeah so i again i was the same way like i knew I understood, like, the mechanics of it and, like, how it worked, right? Because I was also watching porn. But, like, that's not a healthy way Correct. to go into a relationship. It's
0: not real life either.
1: No. And, uh, yeah, it was weird. It's so weird.
0: <laughs> had you so- even made out with your husband before he was your husband? Or your ex-husband, I, I should say. Yeah. Yep, I had. Well, we- had something
1: realistically we probably went too far <laughs> like yeah
2: most people did but
1: yeah i don't know what you expect if you tell people like you know you can't yeah. do
0: anything like this That's you did not... what was your situation with chaperones while you were um, dating
2: so, it was
1: parents like my parents his parents or his friends were a chaperone because um, he was older and he didn't like hanging out with my friends because they were kids
0: mm-hmm. yeah. they I were was, kids like, I was you not were not though yeah.
1: <laughs> they were like a year younger than me <sighs> ages just everything
0: <sighs> yeah
1: totally different <laughs> uh, yeah so it was it was his parents his parents didn't like me I think as I mentioned and so that was always an awkward time and Do they then, not like
0: you because, oh, because you weren't spiritually up to snuff? That's right.
1: Okay. Yeah. And they were very country. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, we all know him. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't like, uh, yeah. No. His whole family should have been a red flag as well. <laughs> Hindsight. I <laughs> can
0: see it clearly now, but. Yeah. Uh, did he have any conversation like any knowledge on like sex and like prior
1: I mean I know he was watching porn too and I think his dad had like a weird sex talk with him but I don't know not really
0: Mm. so you're both relatively going in half blind and then half with an unrealistic expectation because porn is just nothing but acting and then reality is something completely different
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and like no concept of like what happens before
0: or after yeah like there's Mm -hmm. you know oh (laughs) (laughs) I just like I thought this when I was young before I was sexually active I thought it then, and now that I am a sexually active person, I think, oh, just, there's just so much to go into relatively a strange, like, if we're just talking about physical, you don't have a fucking clue, like, you don't, you don't know anything really about your own sex drive, because you've stifened it for so many years on and off like sometimes you, you you know some people do masturbate some people do watch porn some people did slip up and like do certain things but like you really but like but likely you hated yourself for doing it or felt yes like you yes so that and that's not how it's supposed to be and you know hopefully in the future like a person gets out of that but like you don't even know yourself let alone now you're gonna bring in this other person that also doesn't know themselves and you both are it's just how do people not get divorced? It's almost like when people do slip up and they cheat, it's like, well, yeah. Who mm-hmm. wouldn't?
1: Yeah. Who who is having
0: fun? Yeah. In that way
1: in the marriage. Like,
0: and you might, but you are the oddity. Like if you yeah. lucked out and you found a person that is like the right one for you sexually and you know, and whatever else,
1: yeah. You lucked yeah, just- out. Just add that onto the list of like, same sense of humor, same area, <laughs> you know, like same, same sex drive, same, <laughs> no. same
0: kink, same everything, like the yeah. odds of that happening, mm, dad.
1: Oh my God. Okay. I tried to introduce my husband to kink when we were married and he freaked
0: out. Because freaked out. of embarrassment? Because it was a sin?
1: Yeah. Because it was unscriptural there's no scripture about
0: that okay okay here's a good question that maybe you know the answer to I there was someone in our congregation how the hell we even were having this conversation in the truth probably shouldn't have been but someone told me that their parents were told that anything except um missionary and like any even amongst married partners was a sin and like even things like oral sex was a sin even if that was your husband is that true Okay,
1: this is one of my favorite, like, I love history about the witnesses because it's so, <laughs> crazy. so fucked up. So, yes, back in the 80s, back in the, like, 70s and 80s, the organization was super specific about what was allowed even in marriage.
0: Is this back when Lucy and Desi were sleeping in two separate beds on television? No, that was after.
1: No, this was after, right? This is the 80s, okay? Oh, my God. And so oral was not allowed and anal were not allowed. And it was spelled out in Watchtower. These things are not allowed.
2: Really? And
1: there is, I didn't know anyone personally, but I know that there was people who were reproved or disfellowshipped for it.
0: How the hell would anyone know unless you told someone?
1: Because your conscience kicks in and it's like, oh, I got to talk to the elders about this. Like my husband is asking me to suck his dick I can't do that. I'm going to talk to the others, mm. right? Or, you know, you talk about it with a friend. And that friend. Right. And that friend is obligated to go talk to the others. So yes, it used to be specifically not allowed. They got away from that when they realized that's ridiculous <laughs> We're losing people.
2: <laughs> right?
1: And so they got away from like what's allowed in a marriage and it became like so long as you're both okay with it and so long as you're both comfortable with it and like so long as you're not sinning and like defiling the marriage bed as in bringing someone else in you know like cheating
2: Mm, okay but they really
1: got away from the hard rule of no oral no anal. but it was a thing like were your parents in the truth yeah they probably heard it like that was the generation like our parents were the
0: ones yeah well my mom went in when I was six months old so I would have been like 1991 okay um my stepdad was born and raised in it so he probably would have known about that um but like like you said like I wasn't having the sex talk with my parents so I wouldn't even had a clue and I even even when I was dating people um in the truth I mean maybe like to your point maybe if if and or when we had gotten engaged maybe then my parent my mother probably would have had that conversation about it but it never got to that point so I never had the sex talk with anyone ever in my life
1: there was there was also a thing I don't remember if it was actually in writing or if it was like a a conscience matter kind of a thing or if it was just a local thing. But even certain types of birth control were not allowed. Really? Yeah. Specifically it was because of the
0: ingredients. Oh an yeah. IUD. Oh IUD because
1: I think it was specifically the hormonal iud if I remember right. It was one of them. Because the idea was that they caused abortions, right? Which that's not how it works.
0: Right. I mean, but- it's it's very clear to me that no doctors are helping the organization make up these rules. So any doctor would be like, that's not how the blood transfusions work. That's not how IUDs work. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about.
1: It's a bunch of old guys. <laughs> it's a bunch of old guys just making stuff up. Yeah. All well, it is.
0: Yeah. Maybe if there was yeah. a woman at the table, which would yeah. never happen, but <laughs> maybe if there was, the, the, the rules would be a little different. Yeah. So, yeah. I do I remember there were certain, like, medications and whatnot that were off the table, and it was because of, like, the ingredients. Like, there were, mm-hmm. like, fractions of blood in them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember the specifics, but nonsense. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yep. Like, you're not a doctor. You're specifically not my doctor. So, like, mm-hmm. I really don't care about what your opinion on the matter is. Yeah like do what you want with yours but over here I'm doing it I mean I got on birth control when I was um I want to say 16 but that doesn't check out in my mind like legality wise um so I went to Planned Parenthood so I had to have been like 18 right I don't think they give you birth control without your parents when you're under 18.
1: It depends on the state
0: law. Okay well I was either 16 or 18 I feel like I was 16 but either way um I just snuck and went to Planned Parenthood and got on birth control because I was like yes. I wasn't even sexually active. I think I just knew that the writing was on the wall. That like this is yeah, this is but where we're heading. Yeah, yeah, and mine and also knew that if I you know, having sex already was a risky move. But if I were to, God forbid, pun intended, um get pregnant. My life was going to be fucking over. And I've talked about this with my husband and I've talked about this with other worldly people. And it's very, very easy for outsiders to be like, oh, I would have never put up with that. Oh, I would have left when I was like 12. Oh, I would have... You don't have a clue what you're talking about. You absolutely would not have. And if you you were that one-off kid that really like was firm and like, fuck this place, I'm out, fuck this family, I'm done good for you but I think not even I think I know even at that age I knew that if I left any earlier than having my stuff together from just like being in public school and knowing people in town and stuff that like if you get taken from your parents house it doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be put in a home that's any fucking better like you, you might be you know trading poisons it, it could be shitty in another way and at least for me at my house I was like I'm not being sexually abused by my parents um or anyone at the kingdom hall I'm not being like starved you know things like that that
1: yeah I remember that whole mindfuck of like my life really isn't that bad
0: right convincing yourself it was it just was a different abuse it's like when people yeah. get emotionally or financially abused by their spouses and they're like well he didn't punch me though right you're like it's still fucked up
2: yeah it's still not yeah. a safe
0: place for you you should really get out do what you need to do to get out and I but as a kid I thought I'd be just trading off this fuckery for something worse like yeah you might be able to go to prom but like your foster parent might be molesting you so better off to just stay where I'm at until I can safely exit and oh. It shouldn't have had to come to that, but. Yeah.
1: And that's, I mean, that's what they taught us though, right? Like if you leave, bad things are going to happen to you. Immediately. So yeah, yeah, of course that's what you thought. That's obviously what you're afraid of when you realize
0: you got to get out yeah because they make you think that the world is full of just the worst which it is but so is it also in the kingdom halls like all the horrible things murder rape child sexual assault all those things happen in the kingdom halls too but they make it seem like this is like a safe zone which is almost worse than that yeah but also what that's just not realistic
2: yeah if it was that
0: yeah (laughs) if it was that easy to be like look you go to church you'll never be raped you'll never be murdered you know you're still living in this imperfect world with everyone else Uh (laughs) I just I I I don't I don't hate the people now I'm going to sound like I don't hate the center yeah but I don't hate the people I just hate the people that I really don't like are the people all the way at the top because kind of like with MLMs It's Mm -hmm. not the little people at the bottom that really are the problems. It's the people all the way at the top that could put an end to multiple things or restructure even um, Mm -hmm. and make it more inclusive and supportive and an actual Mm -hmm. loving place and an actual house of God. But they don't. Yeah.
1: So I've kind of had a hard time like connecting and identifying with other former witnesses Mm. because of like just the rage. That I see, mm-hmm. and while I think it's justified, and I get it, that's not where I'm at. Gotcha. Yeah. Never really been where I'm at because, like I said, the majority of the people aren't bad people, and right. aren't, You mm-hmm. know, the majority of the people I knew were raised in it. Yeah, that's it's easier to say and then leave. Yeah, or you know, people get tricked into cults. It happens all the time. It doesn't make them bad people.
0: It and, just means they were vulnerable at some point and right. um, the cult filled that gap.
1: Mm-hmm. And while you might do not good things while you're in that place, you know, like, yeah. I and mean, growing up, the way I treated, oh my God, the internalized homophobia. Yeah. <laughs> like the way I treated gay people. Queer people yeah. was awful because that's yeah. what I was taught. The Obviously. irony. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> so like, yeah, you can do, you might be a bad person or like do bad things while you're in it, but you don't know that's what is going on. Yeah. You don't know you're being manipulated that deeply and you don't. It's the people who are manipulating that are the problem,
0: yeah. Like, people at the top who there's no way
1: they there's no way they can't know what they're doing. The cognitive dissonance that is inherent in being in cult mm-hmm. is overwhelming, and I could totally see them justifying it as we're buying all this property and selling all this property because us having money means we can print more material, means we can have more bath lights, means we can build a nicer facility and show people that we're good and that we're doing good things.
0: Yeah, now. because it's also like if for every mm-hmm. Kingdom Hall, there's tons of people in the Kingdom Hall that really, really believe it. I truly, truly believe my mother and my sister. They're not they're not just doing it because they feel stuck or that they don't think there's better out there. They truly believe it. And like, good for them, like, good for you. But I don't think that that's uh, rare. I think that there's plenty of people that truly believe it. And just like, you know, my sister's a pioneer and she to believe, pu- truly believes it. There's also like Bethelites that truly believe it. There might be someone on the governing body that truly believes it. So I don't think it's impossible that, but, I, but then there's also the other ones, you know? Or even if you believed in it which some people leave and they do still like you said like they're you know physically out mentally in, truly believe in it I don't know how you could stay physically in and turn a blind eye to like sexual assault
1: well you're told to
0: but how I I can't relate to that mentality of being like, well, I'm told to look the other way. I'm not looking the other way. I'm not gonna. I'll go study my Bible and pray to Jehovah at my house then. Because if this is the if this is going to be what's happening in this building that we're gonna let the pedophile still have mic privileges, I'm good. I'll pray at home.
1: But like, there's some people who really believe that if the elders don't recruit someone or disfellowship someone. That that person couldn't have done anything wrong,
2: yeah.
1: Because, right? Because the elders are being guided by God, and Jehovah doesn't make mistakes like that. So that's, in my opinion, that's how things can just continue on. Is if you if you fully believe that the elders are right in all of their decisions, then how could they be wrong? they don't do something about it
0: yeah that's because in that moment you're thinking logically like logically the police would be here that person would be arrested um possibly charged like there would be not just documents in the kingdom hall but in the state (laughs) there would be documents that this person did this and i just i continue to judge despite that because if you're logical enough to think if he was guilty they would do something about this then you're where's your logic on finding the holes in the stories like I don't know how you could be logical enough it's like their logic is selective
1: that's that's the cognitive dissonance is you can reason one way on something and then 10 minutes later reason on it the
0: other way and it make it all makes
1: sense um
0: I think that's why everybody hated me because I just couldn't (laughs) so of course I'm like the asshole but whatever (laughs)
2: that's
0: fine I didn't like anyone there I mean I liked plenty of people I did have great friends um and uh, I loved my family very much but argued with people on a regular basis on their like logic that was like you're dumb because that doesn't make any sense and just or even like I one time had a girl I had gotten reproved I can't remember if it was the first or second time I got reproved, but I got reproved and she was doing like that passive aggressive like I'm going to be talking about you even though you're right here but because I never said your name it's not about you so don't get offended like she was saying like um I just don't understand why if you don't have the strength to fight temptation, like why a person would ever put themselves in a situation where they're tempted. Like if I, for example, like if I can't say no to a guy, why would I ever hang out with a guy by myself? Why, you know, if I had a crush on a guy at my school, I just wouldn't even talk to him. Yeah. Okay. And I just was like, to be honest with you, I don't think you're ever going to understand why I did what I did because nobody wants to fuck you. (laughs) <laughs> got in my car left. my phone was buzzing my mom was like what did you say to her yeah i said exactly what i said and i stand by it to this day like but i was direct about it you know but yeah. i think that i just i think i'm always going to be the bad guy in that cult because it just and i hope this is me being very um again naive but i hope that some of the things i said when i was bickering with people out in field service being like well that doesn't make sense because although that scripture said this this scripture said that sometimes i think like man i hope that like those sisters and brothers sometimes think about that one nugget of Mm fact that i would drop and then just because i kind of knew like what line was like if i say anything more I'm gonna get in trouble so I, yeah. I can't but I would just drop little nuggets here and there and I hope sometimes they think about me mm-hmm. just You know a problems. I yeah just stir the pot and then leave yeah. the pot you know yeah. just, nice. <laughs> just drop a little bomb and then walk away nice. especially about disfellowship things and, and granted I will say it was completely selfish I used to dispute the disfellowshipping like shunning thing all the time and I I really believe I was doing that because I knew one day I'd be disfellowshipped and so mm-hmm. I would kind of like here's some scriptures that Dispute the the practice of shunning, and yes, this one scripture kind of sort of says like you shouldn't associate like, but they were talking about nations. They were that they weren't talking about like your sibling. You know, you're you're misapplying that scripture. And then I would like to say scriptures that disputed it. Um, and again, I hope that when they have someone that gets disfellowshipped or leaves, they think about like, mm, yeah, what about that scripture in Mark? talks mm-hmm. about this you know but mm-hmm. who knows they're all there so yeah but they're also gonna see this podcast so because <laughs> people lurk on my my personal instagram that are in yeah. my old conversation, as we all I feel like mm-hmm. it happens to all of us yeah. and so it's like once you start looking on my personal profile it's gonna change what's on your explore page
2: because mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. nice. I post a lot of apostate shit so nice. yeah. you're probably you're probably for the best if you don't ever look at my page <laughs> it's going to ruin Instagram entirely for you.
1: I, I went through and blocked every single person.
0: I at did first. too. I did. And I'm not judging at all. And you, you should stick uh, to that. I did too at first. I would say maybe like my first couple of years. And then I stopped after a lot of therapy. But I stopped because, I, um, because I'm petty. And <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> um, my reason being was, I want you to see this shit. Mm -hmm. I'm good like I don't care what is on my Instagram I I I want you to see it I'm good because I think when I was private and or blocked it could have possibly been used if you don't have any proof one way or the other you're going to fill it in with whatever you need to hear and whatever you need to think Mm -hmm. about me so Mm -hmm. I want you to see that like I'm actually not homeless. I don't do drugs. Um, I'm good over here. I actually, I'm not, I have friends. Um, now I'm married, but yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm happy over here. I'm healthy. Um, I do holidays and they're so much fun. And I want you all to see it because my yeah. hopes are that they don't use me as an example of like, because we all heard it at the conventions like or the dramas if you leave jehovah you're gonna immediately be doing crack cocaine and you'll be in prison you know and you're like oh my god oh my yeah. god you know like all she wanted to do was go to college and now she's on drugs and you're like what the fuck that doesn't does it happen sometimes to some people yes but is that like it's probably because they were raised in a
1: cult huh? yeah let's love. not
0: forget that it's because you finally let them off the leash they got a little ounce of freedom and now they went to the extreme because they don't know how to balance this, like socializing in a normal way or they don't know maybe not your area but my area maybe the people in my area don't know their alcohol tolerance is- you know so maybe just chalk it up to that like well they got a DUI because they didn't realize they didn't have the knowledge yeah how many drinks you know shouldn't be drinking you know it's just dumb so i think now i'm public and even like sharing my story on the podcast and like using my real name i totally understand why people stay anonymous especially the people that are phys- physically in that reach out um but for me yes it could cause problems for me but i think if somebody tried to say anything to me now about the podcast my confusion would be, why were you even looking at it? Like I, yeah. think I would just like table turn, like gaslight the fuck right back. Like, well, you're not even supposed to be looking at that material, or you shouldn't even be reaching out to me right now because I'm just fellowship. Why are you talking to me right now? You know, I think I would just turn it because I don't. There's nothing that they can take from me at this point that isn't already lost. You know, yeah. whether it's time or tainted memories or. Um, the money that we all spend on our therapy
2: mm-hmm. it's
0: gone you've already taken yeah. that you know so i don't really care
1: yeah time. yeah and like the reputation with the people that like the, it's gone
0: yeah they already
1: think i'm awful
0: yeah and so until like, they get some fresh air and they are out here with me they will continue to think i'm awful mm-hmm. so i just don't care yeah that's fair but I still say continue to block them if you feel like like people are going to harass you. I've been fortunate that it didn't happen to me, but I know people that it has where they like yeah. can't take no for an answer.
1: Yeah. So no one. Okay. So it's kind of weird. I still work for my dad, technically. Mm, okay. Uh, he's. Is that weird? Worked, yeah. It's so fucking weird. He's worked through the loophole of like, I can still talk to her because it's business. You know,
2: mm, very nice
1: nice well done yeah so i see i see my dad often and then my brother works there too see him occasionally but like he doesn't talk to me uh i have not talked to my mom since um nobody else nobody has reached out and like that's fine i didn't expect anybody to all right when I first was this fellowship and I first started going to therapy and talking to my therapist about all this good stuff, I told her I wouldn't want my family to reach out to me like that because I wouldn't, I didn't want them to walk away from their faith.
0: Really? Yeah. Because How? you, they really believe it. Yeah.
1: Mm, yeah. And how backwards is that oh
0: my god it's selfless I think I think it's loving it's part of love sometimes is being selfless since you were thinking of like what that would cost them
1: true however knowing that it's a cult
0: you should Knowing how harmful it is
1: yeah like trust me I know how much of a loss it is getting out but not talking to some of these people isn't necessarily a bad
0: thing. True, yeah. You're like, it's, it would be a favor to you to do yeah. for them to stop talking to you.
1: Like you wouldn't have talked to, you know, that one sister at the hall you didn't like yeah. because you wouldn't have to. But you're in a cult, and so you have to because there's nobody else to talk to. But, yeah, now I've gotten to the point where, like, I don't, I'm not going to push them because if I know I try and push them, they're just going to dig in yeah I'm
0: like that's not gonna
1: help um but
0: yeah I think I stopped because I um for years I I did it but I stopped now because I felt hypocritical I started Mm. feeling like what's the difference between me um like harassing them by definition, harassing them and nagging them about leaving, leave, 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 leave. It's what's best for you. What you're doing is scary. You know, I don't want to lose you. What's the difference? Cause Mm -hmm. yeah, like I know I'm right, but if you ask them, they know that they're right. And they are doing this because they love me. And they're like, what are you doing? It's dangerous. You should, you need to come back. So I just thought, well, I'm just being a hypocrite. I'm being just as obnoxious and disrespectful to their life choices yeah. And even though I have no expectation that they will ever match my energy, I have committed over the last few years to, I'm not going to be the person that I don't like. I, I don't like when people are disrespectful to me. I don't like when people are disrespectful to my sister because she's gay. Um, mm-hmm. I would never stand by and let somebody talk to her the way I'm talking to them right now. So I was like, I got to stop. It it doesn't yeah. matter what, that I feel like I'm right. It's not mm-hmm. how people should treat other people so I just like I'm not gonna because I mean other than leaving pamphlets in their door I wasn't that far off I was like I had a dream last night that Armageddon came and I was trying to tell you that it wasn't Armageddon that it was a terrorist attack and you weren't listening to me like I I would have horrible dreams where they were committed to that it was Armageddon I was like you're gonna die because you know or yeah I had a, a nightmares for many years about like that the organization would tell them to do something like violent, and that they would blindly do it because the governing body said we have to. And I would be standing there telling them, like, you can't do this, that you're going to kill people, you're going to hurt people. This is not what God would ever ask you to do. Like, you know, and I'm sure I had like recently watched some like 9 11 documentary where those people did that in the mm-hmm. name of supposed God. And everyone else in their religion was like, "Mm -mm, God would never tell us to do that. But, and I was in my dreams, like telling them like, this is not right. And so I was constantly terrified.
1: Were you still in when they, I think it was in a Watchtower article, like a study article about how, like, as the end gets closer, right? The governing body might ask you to do things that don't make sense no okay that was they said that like that was in a watchtower oh, it, was, it was in
0: an article. makes my stomach hurt
1: yeah like how how can you hear that and not realize something weird yeah like oh, that's not good that's really scary and it's like, double... blind
0: faith is terrifying to me mm-hmm.
1: but you but the witnesses don't believe in blind faith it's right we, we research we study but
0: you're researching and studying less... within their
2: documents
1: yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah exactly that's where like you can have two you can have two beliefs that literally contradict each other but because you believe in all of it they have to both be right Like one, prove the truth to yourself, do your own research, find why you believe in this. If the governing body tells you to do something and it doesn't make sense, do it. Yeah. That's so fucking scary. Mm -hmm. If I, if I have the energy, I'll try and find the article and send you. Yeah. I'm so curious now. It was from i want to say 2018
0: 2019 oh yeah i was i left in 2013 okay yeah Ooh, i don't like that no it's it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> that's madness
1: it's, it's so obvious
0: i no. would naive me again entering the chat um i feel like there should have been a staggering number of people that walked out of the cult when that article came out and I bet you they didn't <laughs> no like if I wasn't already out by 2018 that would have been my exit that would have been enough for me to be like this is fucking psychotic this is dangerous
1: yeah
0: you're good like so if they you know it's what Um, I'm having a brain fart uh, what story is it in the Bible where God asked him to kill his son up on the hill uh,
1: is it abraham oh my god i
0: don't remember i know it's been a while haven't read it in many many years
1: abraham had to kill his son isaac right
0: sure yeah but also God didn't make him. <laughs> right. But I I, aware that I could imagine in my, my, you know, cult mind that if anyone asked the question of like, okay, but like, what if the governing body asks us to like kill children? They're going to be like, but you remember God did ask. Like, I just can see them like yeah. taking a scripture and like blowing it out of proportion to excuse the most dangerous re- recommendation that the governing body you can think of.
1: I think the most realistic thing is I wouldn't be surprised if they start telling people to start selling off their belongings.
0: Like a Y2K situation all over again? Yep. Or a 1975
1: situation all over again. What
0: happened in 1975?
1: That was their last official doomsday. The govern-
0: <laughs> I vaguely remember this, but uh. I think I blocked it out.
1: This is the whole, I love the history. And the. this is also when I start to sound... Like a conspiracy theorist.
0: <laughs> I know we all do yeah. go down that train. See, I'm
1: not, I promise you, it's in writing, it's <laughs> there. <clears throat> um, okay, so the governing body's stance on it was that there were some things that were happening in the world, and there were some articles about how everyone we were living in the end in the last days, right? And some. Witnesses misinterpreted that and assumed that Armageddon was going to come in 1975. Right. Okay. However, there were articles and letters and talks that were given by the governing body and helpers, and right. Leadership, not just an elder who decided yeah, in,
0: that in one congregation, right?
1: No, that it was strongly suggested that 1975 was
0: inebriant. But what would selling your stuff off matter if you're gonna if Armageddon's coming?
1: Um, because then you're not burdened down.
2: I don't know.
0: Like I don't like know what it's again. Else. It's the the contradiction yeah. of like there's mm-hmm. not going to be money in paradise
2: mm-hmm so yeah.
0: why would you need to why couldn't you just hold on to your stuff because either it's gonna just I, I, that doesn't make any sense
1: yeah there was the huge thing ugh,
0: I don't remember when that was
1: I want to say late 2000s early 2010s maybe when they went real hard on downsizing
0: I feel like I remember that it
1: was It was that kind of idea where like if you downsize you have less to worry about and you can spend more time and more money on Mm -hmm. focusing on god and focusing on the organization
0: which is a complete joke because like whether i own a bunch of trinkets or not yeah doesn't have anything to do with anything but okay so
1: 75 was the last armageddon prophecy that they clearly messed up But they're doing, they keep pushing back the understanding of the generation because people keep dying. Do you remember the teaching of like, this generation will not pass away? So the thought was that there was a generation that overlapped with the people who were anointed in 1914. We talked about this in pioneer school. (laughs)
0: <laughs> they knew somebody was going to question it, and so you would yeah. need to have an answer prepared. Okay. Yep.
1: Uh-huh. So the idea was the reason they say that they are living in the very end, the very last days of the last days, because of this teaching of the generation. It was something Jesus said that this generation will not pass away. <laughs> and the way that they interpreted it. Was that there was an overlap of generations between, actually, this is the second understanding of generations because people kept dying, the end didn't come, right? So, like, the first generation was the people who were Bible students in 1914 and like who were there. Okay. Like, that was, those people will not die because Armageddon's gonna come, paradise will be before they die. They kept dying, so they had to push it so then it was people who were anointed at the same time as people who were anointed in 1914 right so there was an overlap of the generations Mm -hmm. but then those people kept dying
0: yeah because we're not (laughs) okay
1: So, so then they pushed it to like if they were a witness like even a small child if they were baptized not just anointed there was a um, a monthly broadcast a couple years ago where I don't remember which one it was, which one, whatever anybody it was, but he had brought out like this whole like timeline chart and like laid out the whole chart of the generations explaining like, it. And he mentioned specifically this one brother who's at Bethel and he's like 94. So we're not telling you exactly when the end is coming but all of our beliefs are hinged on this one old guy who's 94 they're not making a hard date but it's got to be within the next like 2 3 years right because yeah, he's already
0: that. on death story yeah it's huh? adorable
1: <laughs> yeah so like i could see them getting more and more pushy and more and more like we're not going to give you a date but like it's here
0: Okay, so again, my question is, when 19, you said 45 or 75? 75. When 1975, we go into the new year, and it's 1976. You're telling me you don't pack your bags up and say, fuck this place?
1: A bunch of people left. A and bunch the gen-
0: of Then the generation thing happens. You don't say, like, see ya?
1: No, because if, there's not a date that they missed anymore
0: oh my god
1: and and i'm sure if this guy dies and the end hasn't come they'll find another old guy and bring him to Bethel and keep him alive
0: (laughs) that poor guy yeah imagine like how many times he's like can i sign like my you know do not resuscitate yeah i don't (laughs) want to say no, no. no, no. you don't understand everything's hinging on you breathing but and also you know they how have are, our how, how are you and I going to even be aware? And I don't like I don't say that as in like we're out of the truth. I mean like how does some random person in California know whether he's alive or not? Right. Yeah. So Nobody has a- tell me he's alive until he's 120.
1: Um, they have medical facilities at Bethel and Warwick. For what? Everything. Everything. They have um like a general. So that was what I was doing when I was working there um, was I was wiring low voltage for the security system in the medical wing, right? They have like an eye doctor on site and they have like a general doctor and they had a radiation suite and they have like, I think they have like an MRI or something in there. So they're setting it up that they can treat everything in-house and yeah, they could probably, okay, this is this is a full conspiracy theory, but they could probably keep that guy alive for like another
2: decade. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, if you hook up any human being, or animal for that matter, to mm-hmm. a machine, and you mm-hmm. just keep the fluids going, and you keep the lungs pumping.
1: Oh, they had a they had a pharmacy in-house, too, where they could keep, uh, I don't know if it was like a pharmacy, but they had, they could keep meds and dispense them.
0: The it's... My bet would be that all of that is set up more to keep those who are sheltered continue to be sheltered. Because if you're not even leaving your apartment at Bethel to go to your, you know, orthopedic surgeon or, you know, whoever the fuck, Mm -hmm. what are your odds you're going to see a billboard, a bumper sticker, you know, listen to the radio, get access to Wi-Fi, anything if you you never leave?
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like, Cause like Buffalo started sending old people home, right? So like the only old people there really are the governing body and
2: the helpers,
1: right? I wouldn't be surprised if all of that was set up for them so that they don't have to leave. <laughs> it's so weird and
0: unnecessary.
1: Also, also, I'm pretty sure that like, if you get injured on site, I bet you, you go there first. You don't go to a hospital. I don't actually know. Now I'm just guessing here, but like I wouldn't.
0: Well, my it. it's funny you said that because I, as soon as you said doctors on site, I thought. So if you are a sexual assault victim, hmm. tip typically if you choose to report your, you know, as a woman, for example, if you if I were to choose to go to the doctor for a sexual assault, they collect a lot of DNA, et cetera, et cetera, in order to, in the hopes of one day charging your abuser your aggressor whatever but if you go to the doctor at Bethel and say like brother so-and-so assaulted me oh there's no way and then if you one day you leave Bethel or you leave the truth entirely you decide no I should have reported it to the cops yeah. you may either be outside of the window statute of limitations yeah statute of limitations and or all DNA evidence is long gone it's no. not a chance Bethel is holding on to your rape yeah. kit no way no
1: Honestly, they'd probably send you home. Like, just based on the Bethelites I've known and based on the stories that I've heard of, like, why they got sent home, they'd just send you home.
0: Further victim blaming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Both within yourself and just, like, your congregation. Because here you are being sent home. but she was at Bethel. Why is she back home? They're not, and no one's going to give you the benefit of the doubt about anything that maybe there was someone else to blame for why you're now back at your home. Yeah, you got that home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oof, I do not miss it there. <laughs> I say it every day. I do not fucking miss this shit. Um my last question though for you was what would you uh tell like your former self and or what would you tell someone that is physically in right now?
1: I like to, I would like to think that I would tell my former self to get out sooner, but I don't know that I would. Uh, I think realistically, what would have been helpful is if I had taken it seriously, the idea that I wouldn't be in for the rest of my life, like taken the idea that I am going to need to support myself, I'm going to need a place to live, I'm going to need friends i'm gonna need a support group you know and like start if you can start setting those things up before um honestly it's the same advice you give to someone who's in in an abusive relationship and they know they need to get out. you start start prepping start preparing um because once you're out it's quick it goes by quick you don't there's no time once you have that judicial meeting yeah it's over now. Yeah. so like start fading away you know try and do it on your own time but prepare for it and also once you're out it's so much better
0: <laughs> like
1: very much it's, it's genuinely better and it it might suck for a little while and there might be things that you know continually suck like it sucks that i don't have a relationship with my mom but I have such a good relationship with myself now yeah. and understanding who I am outside of the context of a couple old white guys in New York telling me who I should be. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. And the world isn't scary. It doesn't have to be. It's not as scary as they tell you it is.